What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Welcome, everybody, to the 250th episode of the Rideshare Rodeo Audio Podcast. What's happening, y'all? How you doing? So, a quarter of a way to a thousand uh, episodes. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, before we get into the stories this week, and this, you guys, I know that um, for those of you new to the Finding the Audio Podcast, I know we've had a lot of new listeners, too. Um, lately, and I've even I've been getting more emails than normal, um, which I love. So don't take that the wrong way, you guys. If you ever have a question, if you so let me just do this because I haven't done it in a while, and it's episode two fifty. If you're a new listener, um, always feel free to email me about any questions that you have during an episode, or you know you can you can leave them. Uh, the the problem with leaving them in a pod player that you, you that you prefer like if you let's say let me take a more random or, or kind of randomish one like if you like um you know i don't i don't even know if you like i know stitcher's going away but perfect example if you like to use stitcher to listen to podcasts and you make a comment in stitcher i necessarily won't see that um because there's you know there's there's 300 plus audio podcast uh, players, probably 500 plus in this country or in the world, and we're on all of them. So I I don't see the the comments that way. So I always put my email out there, steve at rodeo.com and never is it a bother. You can ask me any question you want, and I always get back to you. Just, you know, realize, give me a minute. It might not be the, you know, same day, uh, but I will get back to you. Uh, I always try and do it before the next podcast. Now, again, this is where I get into it. For those of you new, this is the Tuesday podcast. This is the baby. This is the one that was first. This is the first thing that ever came about with the audio podcast. I do drop a Friday one. Um, we bring over the roundtable that we do on Thursday nights to this audio podcast. So there's a Tuesday drop, and then there's a Friday drop That's the that's our Thursday night uh, roundtable on audio format where I clean up the the audio a little bit and bring it over to you guys here because it's a roundtable and it's a different type of discussion. So those both those drop on this podcast, but the Tuesday one is the OG one. Um, I have CEOs on. I sometimes am alone. Sometimes I might have one person. Sometimes um, you know who knows. I've just I I might have legislatures. I might have. Uh, running politicians. I might, I might have union delegates. I might have, uh, um, uh, anti-app people or pro-app people. Dri- I, I love having d- drivers from around the country. So if you want to email me 
because you listen sometimes and, and you're like, you know, I, I could speak about my market. I am going back to a piece that I used to do on the audio podcast about a year and a half ago. And I really don't remember why it died out. I think it was because I was doing more on YouTube. So I, I it would have been another guest I had to book. But what all it is is a 15 to 20 minute segment on this Tuesday podcast where I bring you on and you just kind of tell us a little bit about your market, what apps you work, uh, what markets you work in. And, you know, from there, I let you kind of have at it. And we just have a 15-minute discussion about, you know, like, how are you earning, you know, and anything you want to talk about. You know, if you want to stay away from earnings, you know, I'm, obviously I might ask, but, you know, it's, it's more like, what do you want to tell us about your gig experience? And I think it, to be honest, it helps people too, even if they're not in your market. Because when we were doing that before, I was getting emails from people saying that, you know, those segments really helped me because I haven't had you, you like the person, I, I remember one email, the person had not, nobody from their market, which is a small, smaller rural market had ever been on the podcast. So that, so that was why they did it and said, oh, that person's from my market. I really like that you do this. It was actually the opposite. It was somebody from a rural market who was getting perspective from hearing the other guests that I have on from larger cities and whatnot and thinking, you know, wow, they make a lot more than me. But of course I always bring it around and say, yeah, but for those of you in the rural areas, don't forget you pay one fourth what we pay to live in, in these big crazy overpriced cities. So, um, you know, you got to scale. I think you got to scale your earnings. That's why I don't, it's never a black and white game here. You know, it's never, this is what you do. And if anybody ever is telling you this is what you do, like tips and tricks, I'm okay with some tips and tricks. If they if they can help you, great. But if anybody's ever saying like, hey, you have to do this, I would look, I mean, unless they're in your market, and even then I would I would take it with a grain of salt. But unless they're in your market, that really doesn't mean anything. Because in your market, only you know. Now you might be new and or you might be new to a platform or whatnot and you want to search out some information. That's, you know, that's how I like to provide it because I know how I have talked to enough of you guys. I know how how much different each market is. That's why I always say market to market. But if any of you are interested, again, Steve at rideshare And while I'm plugging things here, since it's the 250th episode, before we jump in, uh, just one quick thing and then one more thing about what's coming up. So uh this and uh, the month of August, you can still become a Patreon member for five dollars a month, and if you do, um, you get tons of con. You're going to get tons of content that isn't on any other platform. And if you like listening to the podcast, there's a surprise coming up. I'm going to start recording this audio podcast on Mondays in the Patreon studio, only available to Patreon members. And if if you're thinking, well, I can just wait till Tuesday to hear it. What one thing that will be different though is if you're a Patreon member, I will stick around after the podcast and do a QA with you guys. So if you want to be in there, you know, I will I that's something I've never done. And uh, we can do a QA on the stories I talked about that week. Uh if it's anything else, you know, we can um see what kind of time we got, but it's more about like if you have any questions on that. And uh, that will be for Patreon members only. But um, again, I try and keep everything so that, you know, on some platform at some point, you're gonna be able to find it. But uh, I am creating a couple things for Patreon only. Uh, but, you know, 
just if you want to go over there and take a look at what we got support. What I would say, though, is if you are interested, do it before end of August because I am going to raise the price up on the Patreon because more because a lot more things are going to be coming out on there, like some curry ride-alongs and some um, some dumpling info and things like that, some other off-brand apps, um, and a lot and some para work stuff too, uh, and and there will be para work stuff coming out obviously on the audio podcast on YouTube on all the channels rideshareradio.com, where all the news comes from, and all of this. So you will find it everywhere. But I'm going to be doing some you know some extra stuff, um, like well, just stick with me. And uh, check it out if you want, but the price will be going up. If you get in before the end of August at $5 a month, you will be locked in at $5 a month um, for life or for as long as you stay with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm letting you guys know it's August 1st. Happy August. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, uh, the other big thing that, that we that I have before I get into these news stories is that this weekend is the big one, guys. Um, you know, I have been crazy busy. The last three weeks, I got to tell you guys, I have barely slept at all. Um, putting this event together has been crazy. Um, but let me start with the other event because it's a whole weekend of stuff, you guys. So, okay. So Friday, um, this weekend, uh, Friday... August 4th through Sunday, August 6th, uh, descend on Denver. <laughs> what does that mean, Steve? Come on. Okay, so Friday, August 4th is GigCon. GigCon is being held here in Denver. Um, if you have not registered, you can still you can still register for GigCon through gigworkerconference.com, or at least you can get all the information there. I don't even know if Pedro needs you registering at this point i mean we're just days out but all the information that you would need about gigcon is right there go to gigworkerconference.com and that's th friday's event and i believe the time um is 11 to 4 11 a.m to, to 4 p.m um mountain standard time so check that out and of course on saturday the para rodeo town hall Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, featuring Colorado House Representative Stephanie Vigel. Um, and the two events, the town hall will be held at Washbark Grill. Uh, I will put an Eventbrite link if you guys are interested in coming to the Saturday town hall into uh, the show notes. And you guys can, so look in the notes and you guys can click that and see exactly what the event is about. It is about, I don't want to bore you by saying this, this is not C-SPAN, but um, it is about the future of the gig economy in terms of arming our politicians and making sure they have the right information to, to represent us. Because here's the thing, guys, you know I'm not a fan of legislation, I'm not a fan of unions. And don't worry, the second one, I'm not going to surprise you and scare you here. I'm still not a fan of unions, and that's why I'm very involved, because here's the thing. Legislation is coming in all states. Legislation is coming, and I'm trying to—my goal is to get very involved, which I already am, and try and make it some kind of happy medium meeting place. But I also have my, my guard on to be watching for any language— in any of the state's bills 
that suggest union unionizing because it doesn't need to be in there for it to still be suggested down the road. But if it's already in there from day one, that will worry me. But let's get back to the event. So this event will be like anything else you guys or like nothing you guys have ever seen. Um, we'll be having some food. Wash Park Grill 12 to 2. And then from 2 to 3.30, we will have a meet and greet. You can meet Stephanie, um, our house representative. You can meet... Um, some of the other uh, players that are coming for the town hall, you can come and speak at the town hall, or you can come after for the meet and greet. You can meet the you can meet CEOs of companies. Um, we're gonna have uh, David from Para. We're gonna have Curry there. Um, dumplings represented. Um, trying to think who else. Um, obviously, and then a lot of the people from who are going to GigCon, the Gary Middletons, GaryZapps.com. Um, you know, the gig wars team, you, you, there's going to be lots of people there. You can, you can, uh, have conversations with who are going to be involved in the town hall. And then afterwards we're all just going to be, and, and it's a nice old bar, old Denver bar. So if you want to have a drink, you know, we can have a drink. David, David from Paris said, if you find him, um, and he, I'll, I'll make sure you do come find me. I'll make sure you find him. If you find him, he said he'd buy you a drink. So, <laughs> uh, come on down. Um, but yeah, Anyway, let's let's jump forward. Um, again, the Eventbrite link to sign up will be in the uh, in the show notes of wherever you are listening to this. And if you have any questions, guys, Steve at RideShareRodeo.com. Okay, I never take this long doing those kind of intros, guys. Normally, we just jump right into the stories and interviews. So, but this is the 250th episode. I hadn't done this plug in a while. I thought that. I really needed to remind people it's okay to email me and all that. So, sto- what's what's the you know whenever you when it, I usually try and make the first story either the first or second biggest story that I'm going to be doing that day, and then I put another story in it after it, and then I usually try and make the third story the first or second the 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 opposite one the first or second biggest story I think that day. That's not how I have today laid out. I don't have a second biggest story um, because there's there's just a few that we need to talk about. But I do have a biggest story for sure. So if you guys noticed last week, um, excuse me, I had to take a drink. Um, if you noticed, if you caught the news last week, it happened on Friday. Uh, there was finally a um, decision made in the autonomous Uber death in Phoenix in 2018. Now, I don't, even if you don't do rideshare, this story should be of major interest to you. And again, guys, I'll put this link in the show notes as well. I won't be putting every story's link, but guess what, guys? If you want to, if you, the stories I talk about on the rideshare rodeo here, if you want to go read about them, they're all at ridesharerodeo.com. If you go to ridesharerodeo.com, you will see every story and then tons more. I don't get to even all of them. I pick I pick the ones that I think flow with the podcast and that week and what's going on in the gig world. And those are the ones I run with. But if I were to do all that I posted in a week, this would be a seven-hour podcast a week every Tuesday. But this one is definitely one of the biggest. Um, so Uber's, um, Uber's fatal self-driving... Um, Car crash is over after five years of running through the court system and whatnot. Um, 
the self-driving car crash is over. And after the five years, Rafaela Vasquez, the operator of a self-driving Uber that killed a pedestrian in 2018, pleaded guilty to endangerment. Now, I want to tell you guys a few things because we've been following this story, or I have, on the website since it happened. And we've been talking about it on the roundtable. We probably talked about it two or three times on the roundtable um, over the past year because we knew that this June they were going to be getting into this. Um, this happened in Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, Tempe, Arizona, and, and it's obviously the largest uh, population and largest county in Arizona. Most people in in Tempe or in Phoenix, and, and it's also just very limited where these Waymos and, and Autonomouses go now and, ha- and were going then. It's not like they're everywhere. They have specific areas and roads they can travel on. But um, people over the years have been known to stand on overpasses and drop rocks on these things or cinder blocks. And it seems like really a lot of that came about after that first after that death in 2018. So they moved the court case to the adjacent county thinking that they wouldn't get a fair trial. But I happen to believe, well, you already proved we're not going to get a fair trial because nobody it's look, if you if if you're already reading between the lines Uber paid to get that out of Maricopa County. You know, who'd they pay? I don't know. I'm not going to accuse anything. But you can't, you know, they paid to get it out of Maricopa County because they didn't think they'd get a fair trial. What I would say to that is, what's a fair trial? You did it in Maricopa County. You killed a Maricopa County um, citizen, or your vehicle did. And if it wasn't a corporation, if it was just somebody in their car, not a chance you could get that moved out of your county. But let's let's get into this. So it's been five years now since an Uber driving uh, since a self-driving car struck and killed a woman um, named Elena, Elena Hesberg as she walked her bicycle across a road in Tempe. Now it, it, some of the details are missing here. Um, it was a unlit street, uh, more of a county road. It wasn't like downtown where there's tons of lighting. And as we know, the LIDAR fails in snow, in in heavy rain, in the dark. It doesn't do real good. So first of all, for those that are maybe are new, um, autonomouses do not work. Um, it, this is becoming a more and more proven fact. In fact, right now in San Francisco, I can prove to you guys how much a autonomous does not work. If you have a traffic cone, if you just have an orange traffic cone, and you see one of those cruise vehicles going around at night, go put it on its hood. If you put a traffic cone on the hood of, a, of an autonomous car, it won't move. <laughs> so uh, so cone, cone beats autonomous. Um, but that said, um, her death instantly turned what had been um, a, a, a conundrum into a glaring real legal one because... Here And this has been my question for a while. Who gets blamed for a road fatality in the awkward um, era of, of, of self-driving car testing? You know, like um, when humans are essentially babysitters and, you know, 
and just sitting in there still learning AI systems is the company is the company with the car in fault or the person behind the wheel who should have intervened this gets and this is why it gets a little complicated because I've even heard people who I know agree with me on a lot of things and normally we'd see eye to eye on this kind of stuff who you know we just all have a different take on this but um, I'll just give you guys the facts so she was accused of a bunch of things. We all know that Uber's really good at slinging some bad PR, and that's what they did. First of all, some of the best bad PR they did was delaying this for five years. Now, the the driver, Rafaela Vasquez, can you imagine what her last five years have been like? I mean, she was working as an independent contractor for a basic pay. She wasn't being paid that well. Um, I'm not. I won't get into that part. It took me a while to find out what she was being paid, but. It really is. It was just kind of like gig work. I mean, it was you're just being paid, you know, for time. And by doing so, um, she didn't have any protections. Like me, like I'm okay doing gig work, but I would never get into a Uber autonomous and, you know, make some minimal amount of money and know that I'd be responsible. So I question a lot of things. Did she know she'd be res- to what level she'd be responsible um, how deep did they give her the um, training? They used to have two car, two people in every car, and then they moved one out and just had it be one. The they had already had people quitting, and, the, and it came out in this testimonial that people had been quitting because they're saying, "No, dude, this is just it's too monotonous because they can't ride every street. They just kind of do like a bus. They're just doing circles, and not only that, you're not driving, so it gets very boring." Uber allows you to have your phone in the car. To me, that was a big part of the trial that came out, your personal phone, because you're going to have you're going to have a display which is contact with Uber, you have a phone from Uber and you have a way to to manually stop the car if you need to. Um so you're supposed to be watching the road, th- this screen and then the Uber phone they give you is just hooked up to Slack. And if any of you are familiar with Slack, it's a business communication model. So if she were to type something in on Slack, it would go to like all the different engineering teams watching this autonomous car at the same time. And then they continue a conversation on Slack. So she had that phone, but then they allow you to bring a personal phone. I thought that was very interesting because allowing you to bring a personal phone is admit. I mean, nobody in this world doesn't understand that that's going to, I mean, obviously you're creating a distraction and allowing it in an era where these autonomouses already don't work, you know? And I know they did it because they prop, here's why they probably did it was because people were getting so bored. They couldn't do an eight hour shift, but they just, here was the the deal on it. You can listen to your music. Um, you can do this and, and, but you got to keep it over here. And they had a little rack or a little mount, um, so you could listen to music or podcasts or anything like that to uh, off your phone, but you couldn't, you weren't supposed to touch it. So the claims have always been that she was, she was watching the view. Now, in court, it came out that she was, that she was listening to the view and that her phone was properly placed on, on the dashboard stand that Uber provided for your personal phone while listening to things. So they had set, made it sound like all the pictures that you see of her looking at a phone 
that the way you know how they twist things. The way they twisted that was they said she was watching the voice. No, the voice was on the dashboard. She's looking in the center towards the center console area and um and she's looking at a phone, but that's the Slack phone from Uber. So she was listening to the view or to the to the voice view. <laughs> um <clears throat> my my thing is I don't know why they allow the phone. I understand it might get boring. Um but you know, if this is if you if clearly again another point that Uber knows their technology does not work because if you if if you're allowed to if they need you to be in there and be paying attention they know it's not working. You know what I mean? Um, and if you need to be doing Slack and all this with the engineering team, I don't, again, I go back to, I don't know why, even though it's probably not their favorite thing to do in 110 degree heat in, in Phoenix, but I believe it should be an engineer in the car who is a W-2 salaried employee for Uber or Waymo Technologies, which is what it would have been, but make one of their engineers be in the car. Because then you're showing me that, okay, you know, I can, I can deal with that because if you kill somebody, you know, it's on you. So, um, you know, if you, I mean, it's, that still doesn't make it okay, but I feel like they maybe kind of took advantage of somebody here, but she pleaded, um, uh, guilty because the plea deal saves all parties from trials uncertainties. So if a trial had found Vasquez guilty, of the original felony she was charged with, neg negligent homicide, she would have faced four to eight years in state prison. Um, but the settlement also leaves unresolved, uh, also leaves unresolved claims made in legal filings that she was uh, not as off task as prosecutors claimed. The case accused her of watching the talent show The Voice on her on her personal cell at the same time as the crash. But she claims it was on the it was on the dashboard and she and and instead she was monitoring the company Slack on the handset she used for work. As the as the Uber um, as for Uber, the plea saves the company from another embarrassing airing of its self-driving program shortcomings already highlighted in a very lengthy investigation by the national transportation safety board, the NTSB. Um, so the, in the filings in court, Vasquez's attorney cited that the NTSB's filings against Uber, the car failed to identify Herzberg. She was the one who was killed as a pedestrian and so failed to apply its brakes. The NTSB also found that Uber kept an inadequate safety culture. And that's a quote. Um, in, quote, unquote, inadequate safety culture. Doing little to protect test operators, Vasquez in this case, from, from well-known phenomen well phenomenon of, quote, unquote, automation complacency. Automation complacency. Automation complacency is where humans tend to direct less attention to automatic process that demand little input. Meaning, if you're put into a job and you're like, yeah, this does everything, but one, you know, just keep an eye on it. You're much more likely to 
doze off, fall asleep, not pay as much of attention, get bored extremely quickly. Um, just, I mean, just everything. And they, they, they acknowledged this in the report. Um, Uber had removed a requirement for there to be two test pilots in each car, which operators told, um, which, which the operators all told them, um, had kept them more alert and to the company's no cell phone policy. So again, now we hear about the company's no cell phone policy, but at the same time, they, they mentioned that she's allowed to be listening to, uh, music or whatnot. Now, maybe it's because it was the voice and, and it, maybe it was on video still off to the side and she was listening. I don't know. Maybe they considered that something different. Um, but that makes sense, right? I mean, if you have two people in the car, you're gonna you're gonna be more alert. My question is, if you have two people in the car, are you really are you doing that much better though? I mean, or are you kind of like if you get into a, oh yeah, I was like maybe you just talk and you're doing your job, but maybe you kind of hit on a subject that strikes with both of you. Like, oh, were you at the game last? I was at the game last night. All of a sudden, like you get very engaged, and all we know all it takes is a quick second for something to happen. So how much does even two people do? Um, to me, live testing in cities is a joke. And the fact they've put this person through this is, is just crazy. Um, so anyway, they removed it. Um, and solo operators were often looping the same monotonous routes on hour-long shifts. Um, left to self-police their usage of cell phones, Uber forbade operators from using handsets while driving. So this is where they're saying, like, you you couldn't touch it, but you could have music playing and stuff. Um, but also had operators keep the phones handy in the car in order to, to get uh, company Slack messages. Um, so several other operators had been fired or quit for violating phone policy before the 2018 crash. Uh, Vasquez's claim was that she was monitoring Slack on her work phone, um, came in legal filings long after the NTSB published its report, which named her distraction as the probable cause of the crash. Vasquez's attorney contended Vasquez only listen, was only listening to the voice as operators were allowed to do and argue that the investigators mixed up which phone Vasquez was looking at in the seconds leading up to the fatality. As defense attorney Matt Morrison said in court, she was not watching the voice. This is a quote. She was not watching the voice, Your Honor. She was doing what she was asked to by Uber, and that is to monitor the systems in the car. Nonetheless, Judge, she's indicated that the conduct itself was reckless. She acknowledged um, that that here today and she's accepting responsibility for that now i would i would counter that with you know that it was reckless for her to be monitored okay. so let let's let's assume that she didn't have a phone for just a second and isn't it reckless to even be looking at the phone from uber that has slack I, to me it is i mean we all drive we and we i'm sure we've all been guilty of sending a text sending a text at a light or something and everything's misspelled and it's it's more worth it to wait to to where you get to going we all know we shouldn't do it anyway but it's better to wait to where you're going because a lot of times people are like what is this and you look at it and you spelled everything wrong because you just tried to do it so quick so i would say stay hands-free you know stay voice text or um 
you know, stay on speakerphone if you need to do that. But, um, so, uh, let's see. Mm, so the, so where I'm looking for the, okay. The, the alleged problems with Uber's self-driving car program were serious enough that a former operations manager of the self-driving truck division of Uber, Robbie Miller, had written a whistleblower email to higher-ups in the days before the fatality, the, the fatal Arizona crash, warning about the cars, the car division's poor safety record and practices. Um, so this, again, we had a whistleblower within there. So... You know, there's people, there was a, then there's a bunch of quotes. There was people that were hoping that she was going to fight it, but she had too much on the line. I will tell you that, you know, four to eight years, potentially, had they found her guilty. Now, I don't think they would have. I, I think any, I think that any um, jury trial would have been like, no, this is on the company. Sorry. Um, I would have. And I shouldn't be saying that before I hear both sides. Um, and I would probably be rejected from being on the jury, but um, everybody would be in my book because I feel like they'd all hear it and be like, no, dude, <clears throat> not even close. This, the company's responsible. But um, regardless, she had to plead. Ta she had to plead guilty. Um, Vasquez's guilty plea lands in a in, in during a summer of worry over dangers of AI in California that has become uh, the site of a battle over whether Cruz and Waymo and, and their self-driving taxis, robo-taxis, uh, can charge uh, for full-time service to the public. But that's not the biggest issue. Um, San Francisco officials have been arguing for a long time that the tech is not safe or ready. Even the fire department, the police department, the mayor of San Francisco all say, get your cars out of here. So if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's not like that's even that city's not in like down with it. That was a that was a state decision that was made. And yes, San, San Francisco gets some I'm sure they get some some funding for letting it or for having it there. But it's a, it's like, hey, we're going to test these cars here and we'll and we'll get you this much money. And the state of San Francisco was basically like, um, we're good. We don't want those cars here. We would, you know, it's always nice to get money, but we're good. You keep those cars, put them somewhere else. And then the state overrode them and said, no, we're going to put them here. So very weird. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is a big hit to the, um, to the self-driving thing. There's a lot, if you go to rideshare um, and you, and you, uh, it was like three days ago, I posted it. You can't miss it. It says Uber 2018 fatal crash fatality. Go in there. There's a lot of articles. There's three articles and there are three good ones with great information. And you can check out exactly what happened here. Um, and a lot of the testimonials and stuff. That's what I was trying. I was scrolling through screens. That's why I was getting a little, uh, so, um, because normally I just, you know, I read four or five uh, articles on a story and then I kind of work off one with against with my notes next to it. But on this one, I was working off three different stories. So there was a little pause there. Um, but there's a lot more to read into this. Uh, it is finally solved. And she just has three years of probation. And when I say just, 
I shouldn't say just because she's had five years of dealing with lawyers that she can't afford. Now three years of probation without jail. To me, this was I, I, I just you know, this this was the fault of the Uber technology. And for any of us who have who have who have done rideshare or food delivery or connect or, um, you know, I don't, I, I really not sure where the corner shop integration is at this point, but shopping through Uber. Um, and I say that because I know where it is, but it's been moving. It's a moving target. You know, they brought, they brought it on. It was big in some areas and then it died off and now it's not in so many areas, but I know they're about to really come out on Uber eats and crush it. But, um, for those of us that have worked that, this is not a company that, look, they, we know that they don't tell you much. When you onboard, when you have questions, it's hard to get a human. So my get, my question becomes, be, because she wasn't an employee, or they would have been very concerned and made sure she was trained, how trained was she for this? Because it's one thing to go do food delivery or rideshare. It takes a It takes a certain person to even be able to say, I can do rideshare. And it's usually somebody that's been in the service industry and feels comfortable around strangers and stuff, because let's face it, things happen, but things happen everywhere. So, I mean, it's just, it's not so much about the things happen. It's about the knowing how to read people, how to read a situation. And it takes a certain person to do this. But for the sitting in the robo taxi side, I would think there'd be tremendous understanding needed, even though she's not, she's not the engineer, and I'm not saying she needs to go get an engineering degree to do this, but she should have a a very she should have a decent overview of what that looks like. Okay, so check that out. You guys might want to look at that. Um, it just kind of speaks volumes about the Uber, um, the environment they create, and the culture that they've cultivated. So I don't know. I'm I think that. Uh, that it's a it's a big story. I've been following it for years. I found this to be an interesting ending to it, and I really think it's time that we need to stop talking about so much autonomous on the roundtables and stuff. And it's time for the companies to very much start talking about autonomous because and and where and how it should be performed. Um, real quick story here. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw, but Instacart, uh, has just slashed pay for drivers. It took the, I don't know if you guys remember, um, in my market minimum dropped to eight before most markets. And when I, most people were like, no, eight's, eight's not the minimum. And I'm like, I see eight. And this was a while ago. And, but now the minimum that is nationally accepted is seven. We all acknowledge that it can be a $7 order, but Instacart has slashed that from seven to $4, making it almost completely tip reliant based. I being from the service industry am used to completely tip reliant based. So for those of you that haven't worked in the service industry, um, there's a little comparison here that I want to give you guys. So uh, again, this is to a lot of newbies and maybe to even some of you veterans because that listen to the podcast because I haven't talked about this in a while. But for those that don't know this, like um, if you're a bartender here in Denver, you know, minimum wage is, you know, way up there, let's say. Okay. You know, it's, you know, it's whatever it is 
in each in each state. I want to be very careful about how I talk about this because it, it applies to all markets, even the part about the bartenders. It might be a little different, but here in Denver, you get paid. Um, uh, three is it three? I don't. know. It's been a while since I was in it, but it was like three thirty thirty five an hour um, for a server and two dollars and thirteen cents an hour as a bartender. So if you're thinking, man, that's not minimum wage. That's um, see, this is why I talk about hybrids type stuff because you, this is proof it can be done. That is to make sure that people are paying their taxes on the tips they're claiming. And I mean, basically, it's not even about that pay is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like I'm going to take that job for two thirteen an hour. And I know I'll get some tips, but man, that two thirteen an hour is really going to come in handy. Because here's the thing. If you're working at a bar and you're doing and you're making really good money, you should every two weeks, you should be getting a check that says zero dollars. Now, they still have to give you the stub at at the location. But a $0 check means you crushed it because it means your credit card tips and cash declared tips were so high that it it took your paycheck down to zero because they used the tips against it. Um, it. The way it works, basically, if you're if you work at Applebee's, you probably get that check. And if you work, you know, if you work 10 hours, you get whatever tips you get during that 10 hours. And because it doesn't outweigh it. Um, you probably get uh, $21.30 in a paycheck too. So my point is that's kind of nothing in the big picture. You know, like when I was bartending two to $300 a night for a five to six hour shift of busting my, my hump was, was kind of common on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then even to do pretty well on any given night with tips. But, you know, I know people who worked at an Applebee's, about a mile and a half from the bar I worked at, which was in Lodo, which was in a fun part of town. And those Applebee's ones, you know, they might make $50 on the weekends or $100 tops, but on a weekday or a week evening, you know, it's like, you know, 25 to 75 in tips. <clears throat> it's just night and day. And I kind of compare that to Instacart or DoorDash and the way they do things. Um, Compared and Uber and Lyft even um, compared to like the apps that I love like Curry and this and that, um, not just because they're last mile space and I've found I've found a niche there that's working for me, but you make much better money doing work that everybody. First of all, in this case, I think it's oversaturation that that drives that. So I think that because of oversaturation. And for whatever reason, a lot of people, I mean, now I, I get a lot more people, but two years ago when I was t talk, telling people about Curry, get on it, get on it, get on it, I had my link. If you clicked that link, you were activated in about a day. Now there's a huge waiting list in almost every city. And I'm, I'm unless you have not heard of Curry, C-U-R-R-I.com, um, unless you have not heard of Curry, uh, this might be new to you, but, um, you know, I mean, they're transparent, they pay better. It's last mile courier services of packages and things and not from a Uber Connect perspective. Or I don't know if DoorDash still does it too, but where DoorDash was letting you do uh, customer to business or customer to customer. I mean, to me, it was like Uber Connect and and DoorDash, whatever they were calling that. I, I, I don't even know if that's even in beta in some areas anymore. They might have just pulled the plug on the DoorDash one, but they, did, they were doing it, DoorDash deliveries. So that... 
and Uber Connect was basically just Uber and DoorDash drug dealer to me. Because you could just send, even if you were going, even if you need something to go to the post office, the driver was going in, their plate was on the, on the videotape at the post office or the UPS store or whatever. So, I mean, could there be some backtracking? Yeah, but good luck because you know what? As we know, you can't get any information. The police can't get information out of Uber until the lawyers are involved. So like, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but when there's been like, you know, when there's violent attacks or, or drivers or passengers have been killed by one another or whatever, those in- investigations, if, you, if one has happened in your area and you feel comfortable, go ask a police officer next time you see one um, if they know anything about it. Because usually they do. Like here in Denver, they do. And they, they just are livid, the police at these app companies, because of data privacy rules and laws. And I, again, I'm all for them. But they should be helping us at the times we need the help. Like, don't let my bank account get hacked. Let me, uh, you know, don't sell my data. Don't data mine me. Don't sell, don't, don't take my email and my other stuff. And in the terms of service, I clicked a box on says that you can sell it to all these companies. That's the kind of stuff that I really care about. Like if somebody gets killed in an accident, I don't want Uber going, hold on, let us get the attorneys on the phone before we get you any information. Because that's all time-sensitive stuff, and that should be gotten to them immediately. And Uber, Lyft, you guys know it. You know it. I'm, I mean, and all, and 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 now that there's been some more violence in the in the delivery space too, you guys know it too. DoorDash, Grubhub, um, Uber Eats, as it's still Uber, I guess. And you know, even even all the ones you know, uh, takeaway and uh, and all the ones over in the UK and stuff. You guys all know it. You all know it. Like, be careful with our data. Don't don't resell it. And and when the police need it to catch somebody that kills somebody, and it's very time sensitive. You know, I'm sure there's a way your lawyers can default work with that, saying, "Hey, listen, in situations like these, let's just get the information to the police." Because I mean, look, it. I don't know. Don't even get me started because I'm opening a, a law. I, I always try and, I mean, I have a seal and then I seal it and then I seal it and then I duct tape it is my can of Uber morality. But every once in a while on this podcast, I like opening it up just a little bit. But sometimes when I open it, the cap flies off and I can't find it. And then we spin out of control. <laughs> so, but <clears throat> back to the Instagram thing. Um, Seven to four dollars. So I, I look. I know you guys. Some of you guys rip it on Instacart. Not as many as used to, and some markets are way better than others. Um, I talk to a lot of a lot of drivers, and I know I talk to some who are like, "I, you're crazy to say Instacart sucks because it doesn't suck." Well, that's why I'm always careful. In my market, Instacart sucks, sucks, and anybody I've asked in this market agrees with me. I. I got to tell you guys, like when I do live streams and stuff, I have people come in there and say, well, you know, it doesn't suck in my market. That's in fact, Instacart's the only one I use and I make this. And these people are not just saying things like some of them I've gotten to know pretty well and they've emailed me screenshots and through the order stuff. So it's not, you know, like that enough where I can say, yeah, that really did happen and you did do that. Um, 
you know, where they're doing much better. But here in Denver, it has always sucked. And everybody that I know here in Denver that does gig work, even the people on YouTube and whatnot, other podcasters, we all know about it. It sucks. But nationally now, $7 an order to 4 At $4 an order, I mean, I don't, some of you can, I can hustle on the apps I love. I haven't done enough Instacart to probably go head to head with an Instacart person and do better than them in my market. If that's all they do is Instacart, I've only done, you know, you know, if that's your primary thing, you're going to always be better at it. So, but even those people say it sucks. But so those people at best, I mean, like, let's say you get a 70 item, um, you know, uh, say you need to do a 70 item shop that used to be $7 plus and plus. And if there was a tip and I, I stress if, because a lot of times it would just be $7, but you have a 60 item shop for $7. And let's say there's an $8 tip. It doesn't be 15 bucks. A 70 item shop for me to go to the store, to get it all and to get it delivered. And, and I'm, and again, I'm, I'm not going to take one that's going to be really far. So it's going to have to be kind of close, but that's going to take me at least an hour. And for $15, I don't want to do that. And that's with an $8 tip. So I, I use that number because $7 base pay plus $8 tip. That means that the tip is more than the, than the pay Instacart is willing to offer. In, so they're tipping over 100% of the pay you're accepting from Instacart, even though you're seeing the tip, so you're really accepting as a whole. That's a, that's a strong tip, even though it doesn't feel like it. And we all know that on Instacart, when you're doing a lot of shopping, tips should be different. But um, So 7 to you know, 15 for an hour's worth of my work, I'm never even going to do that. But now you've moved it down to four and at a time when people are tipping even less and even on Instacart, people are tip baiting. So now let's say that they're, and, and again, guys, in my market, no joke, 70%, well, not, I'll, let me just be very safe because I know this is, is absolutely right. 50% of the orders I see in my market don't have any, any tip. So they were coming through just at seven. Now, some weren't 60 items. They might've been 40, 45. Some might've been 110. So, but in those cases where there's no tip, it just said eight or $7. How many of those did I take? Zero, zero. But now the no tip ones are going to come through and say four. I need, I, you know, I really need to know who is going to take a $4 no tip Instacart order, go do somebody's shop, use your car, drive to the store, do the shop, drive to the house and drop off for $4. It's going to, what could take you 60 to 80 minutes plus. Honestly, I mean, to me, if that's where you're at, you need a new plan. I'm not saying you even need to figure out a way to tweak out the app. You need a new plan. Hopefully you're multi-apping and you just don't count on Instacart if that's if if it's like that in your market like it is in mine. I mean, I I don't even turn it on all the time anymore because I just know it just doesn't ever change. But this this is a horrible update and I uh um yeah, I I, I don't really know what else to say about it. <coughs> uh excuse me guys, I have a bit of a cough here. Uh, so DoorDash is testing out AI ch chatbot technology. I got to tell you guys this, um, 
to me, like it's it's kind of a, I find it odd because what the chatbot technology is in the DoorDash app is going to be on the shopper side or on the you know delivery side. So it's going to be on the side of us working it. But the feature is called uh, Dash AI. Dash AI allows shoppers to ask ask questions and receive restaurant recommendations. So like you know you know, what, what to replace. I'm sure eventually it'll get to the customer side too, where they can ask for recommendations and they'll base it on past orders you've made and things like that and the algorithm. But, um, for the drivers, I, I have a big concern about this. A, that a lot of this, a, a lot of this tech is so in, in its infancy that it, it has problems all the time, but B, what what if these restaurant recommendations in the beginning of Dash AI, which is artificial intelligence learning, so clearly it's Dash AI learning beta mode. And in that case, I would say, are you going to piss some customers off? Because I feel like you might get the wrong thing. Or I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see how it works. The one, the one, the main reason I wanted to just bring it up is because it came on my radar because it's just being it's just going into testing and it's going to hit beta here into i think it's seven markets um but i always like to stay ahead of the game and so i dug this up found it and uh you know we we at least needed to put it out there but what i did want to mention because i found it came at a very weird time i don't know if you guys are familiar but um recently there was um there was a chat gpt in a integration um, made into the suicide prevention line. And I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. Um, it was completely AI and chat GPT. So the, if the, you know, because they've, they've laid off so many people or they don't have the volunteers they used to and whatnot. And we just see the world moving into a technology phase. This was such a bomb fail even though it's a little outside of the gig economy, I need to mention it to you guys. If you are not, aw- if you are aware, bear with me. If you are aware, or if you're, if you're, if you are aware, bear with me. If you're not aware, here's how it goes. So, the suicide prevention line had decided that let people tap, type into Chat GPT, and and you know that way it can keep having conversation with them in their way, and and it'll learn. It got shut down and is under federal investigation right now because the AI was in the scene behind the scenes running so that it was learning from all these conversations. And there was one conversation that went on for, I think, I can't remember what it was. It was over two hours. It wasn't three. Um, but just so you're aware, in case you guys aren't aware, that's fairly common on the suit from what I saw on on the the comparisons that seems like it's a fairly common amount of time to be on the suicide prevent prevention hotline so like even before all this if you called an agent that's why they're there a lot of times you are on the phone with them for that long um but this one was getting ba- it started getting back a lot of this person was started getting back a lot of the same answers and i'm not kidding guys if you haven't heard this story at a point uh you know Obviously, the person's in major distress when you're at this point. It was using chat GPT. Obviously, they were finding some value in it, but then it started giving, getting back kind of the same answers. And it's like, what? 
it kept asking a question, a certain question in a different way, but everybody that reviewed this knew it was the same question. It ended up that the AI between AI and chat GPT, that it actually sent her back a message to kill herself. Maybe you should just kill yourself. And that is something that um, I am, I, I, I don't even know how to tell you guys how I feel about that. I'm, I'm sure that most of you, if not all of you, are feeling exactly what I'm feeling right now. It's just pure disgust. It proves my point. It's like, it's, it's, it's like the autonomous cars. They don't work, so they don't belong on the public roads. Okay, well, this is even bigger. This is a suicide prevention hotline, and a lot of these people who work it are trained. But you just literally proved every point of everybody who doubts AI. You literally, somebody killed themselves because the artificial intelligence kind of kind of is the supervisor of the chat GPT in that, in that scenario. And what it was, was, Hey, you know, that we're not, this person's not asking any questions, move to the next one kind of thing. Like, you know, and it was almost like, okay, you know, maybe you should kill, kill yourself next. That's, I think we all know that's not how this is done. <clears throat> okay, guys. Um, so, um, what, can't I real quick here we're running out of time um there are two new cities with two new rideshare companies and don't get too excited yet but get excited if you live there try them out please try them out because if they're good keep using them let's stay let's stay local let's let's give these guys some let's give uber and lift some competition here but kansas city has iris uh you guys can look into that um i will put the show i will put the article since we're running out of time, the article to this in the show notes and the article to the next one, which is Miami has a new rideshare app. The difference, the Iris one in Kansas City is just going to compete, which is great. Um, hopefully they'll do better than some of the other smaller ones that have launched have fared um, against the Giants. However, the Miami newest rideshare app lets you name your own price. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I don't know if any of to you new listeners know, but to you veterans of the podcast and maybe you've seen some YouTube stuff. Two times I've had uh um Ruby Ferez and uh I gotta tell you the CEO and founder of uh of FreeCab F U R E dot C A B it, he called he's he's he says it free free cab um it sounds exactly like that and uber's about to do, be doing some stuff like that with advertising and um long story short is i knew about this over a year ago from him and i was trying to figure out how he's going to get this off the ground now we have uber looking into it and there's one launched in miami again guys the miami and the i iris article will be in the show notes so um actually this week you know i don't always do it because i say go find the articles if you want and it's this week was a little bit different of a podcast but i usually say go find everything at rideshare this week i'm just gonna anything that we talked about i'm gonna put into the show notes the links you guys can go check them out because i think they're all stories you guys should read and um yeah uh descend on denver GigCon on Friday, 
town hall on Saturday. And it's going to be, if you want the details, again, the link will be in the show notes. And you guys, if you're going to be within 150 miles of Denver, 200 miles, I'd even say it's worth the drive to come in and be here in person to see this. It's a first of its kind experience. That's it, you guys. Uh, Please, please, please be safe out there. Be aware. And more than yourself, be extra aware of other people. Because we are all going under some major heat spells right now. And that makes everybody a little more tired, not paying as good of, of attention. So let's have us gig drivers be the ones out there really sharp and on top of our game. Um, because we all know often an accident, accidents happen, but a lot of times it's not your fault. So be extra aware of what's going on. Um, be safe, earn smart, and we'll see you back here next week on the Rideshare Rodeo audio podcast. Until then, peace. I'm a